I think there's a lot of prayers I've prayed that I wasn't willing to walk in the consequences of those prayers. And the, hmm. it's, it's good that hmm. it required persistence because if that prayer was answered in that moment, I wasn't, I, I wasn't able to, willing to, wanting to, or called to walk in that, you know, like mm. I think of some big ones, right? Like, like sometimes in a moment of prayer, we get this radical spirit of desire mm. that says, I want this Lord. And the Lord is almost waiting. Like, are you willing to walk in the consequence of, 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 of me answering that? Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Woo! My name is Dan Dimite. I will be your host today. And we're joined with Mr. Aaron Richards and Brad Pierron. Yes, sir. Today Amen. is a good day to be alive. I hope you're having a happy and holy Lent. Mm -hmm. um, we've been diving in this Lenten season on a relentless theme. This The, the goal to have a... Um, uh, a Lent where we understand that we are relentlessly pursuing God, but mainly because God is relentlessly pursuing us, which mm -hmm. is pretty awesome. And so you're going to see us kind of hit the Lenten theme as we continue to persevere. And uh, today we're going to be talking about being relentless in prayer and mm -hmm. that disposition of really caring about a heart that is relentless in prayer, no matter what, that we're going to dive after God's heart. We're going to run after the Lord. Um, and we're going to persevere in prayer. So, yeah. Brad, do you want to open us in prayer I today? Can. Yeah, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, thank you uh, for the gift of relationship with you. We pray, Lord, that today, as we talk about prayer, that we would yet again realize that prayer is all about relationship with you, and that you don't want relationship with us that is seasonal. You want relationship with us that is eternal. And so, Lord, we turn our hearts to you today. We give our affections to you this day. Teach us how to be better in our relationship with you and how to hold on to it in every season of the soul. We thank you for this day. We thank you for all who are listening. And we thank you for your presence here in the studio. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. <clears throat> Amen. Amen. You know, if we think about being relentless, um, St. Paul, our namesake for this podcast and for our ministry here at Damascus, um, he was a man that was insanely relentless, right? Like mm -hmm. the 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 when the Lord took him, when the Lord told him to take the gospel to the ends of the earth, there was no stopping him that mm -hmm. no matter what he was going to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. And that's really kind of, if you're joining us for the first time on this podcast, our goal is to be um, beyond Damascus. This idea that when we have these Damascus moments, these Damascus experiences, there's got to be something that happens beyond that, that mm -hmm. that experience that is life changing and life altering what happens beyond that's really the real fruit, the 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 gem that uh, and Paul was just relentless. And after I've encountered Jesus, there's <clears throat> nothing that's going to stop me from holding back on telling the Lord who He is. Uh, I mean, telling the world who the Lord is. Like well, He says, "Woe to me if I don't preach the gospel." Mm -hmm. Right? That there was this fire burning him to preach it. I just thought maybe before we dive into relentlessness and prayer, just. The last few weeks, we've been pretty relentless on mission. And mm -hmm. uh, do you guys want to share a little bit on what you've been diving into? Yeah, I, I'll let uh, I'll let you start, Aaron. There's some exciting <clears throat> things happening on that front. Well, we are we are fresh off the plane from the Holy Land. Yeah, uh, Dan and I led along with our wives and a good friend of the ministry, Father Patrick Schultz, mm -hmm. the the very first 
Damascus pilgrimage to the Holy Land. We had a we had a group of forty six pilgrims who were with us for ten days, and yeah, talk about persistence in mission and persistence in prayer. Uh, it was well, first of all, it was beautifully exhausting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just being a part being a part of that mission, but but more so being reminded and 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 seeing the lived witness of truly communities and individuals who over the course of thousands of years have committed themselves to not only, you know, I want my ministry to succeed or I want this thing that I'm, that I'm about to succeed, but I want the church to flourish mm-hmm. and I'm going to give, I'm going to give my life to whatever it takes to, to make that happen. It was, it was a fantastic experience. Yeah. And mm-hmm. there was something about the pilgrimage too. I, I had like, obviously, secondhand input from all the people that were there like messaging me but you guys were also like giving messages at the holy sites yeah yeah, yeah. What, what was that like <clears throat> yeah it was pretty amazing like to be able to preach um on the beatitudes on mount beatitude right <laughs> yeah. or to be able to preach about the <laughs> the power of the transfiguration on mount tabor like it, it was uh, extremely yeah. humbling. Uh, you know, we did a little uh, prayer for healing at the pools of Bethesda. And mm-hmm. um, so like to be in the places where Jesus did his ministry and to be doing that ministry was was kind of mind blowing. You're just like, oh my gosh, like we're praying for healing right now where Jesus healed the crippled man. <laughs> like, yeah. And yeah. it was it was actually, it's just mm-hmm. neat just how transformative that is because mm-hmm. you don't even, some, you know, I was telling my wife, like sometimes in ministry, it feels like we had to try so hard, right? And yeah. there, you didn't even have to try because mm-hmm. it was just like, so Jesus said this right here. And everyone's just like, oh! yeah. <laughs> like just encountering the power of God because yeah. it was yeah. right where God's power was released. Yeah. And so it was, it was wild. That yeah. is wild. Well, yeah. there's something about like the relentlessness in our lives that goes wide and deep, right? Like that you guys just went wider than you've ever gone before. Like I'm sure neither of you have been to the Middle East in that way. And like the, it, it the relentless pursuit of God goes to all the nations. It goes, mm-hmm. it goes to the ends of the earth, right? And it also goes as deep as possible here as yeah. well. You know, I was reflecting on that just as uh, you guys were gone, just doing the the work here that's happening in this season. So discerning missionaries, discerning mission staff people, um, which are just different needs that we have in serving missionaries and campers and mission partners and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, the relentlessness of like going after the nth detail there, you know, that like mission, mission requires us to really bring the Lord into all, right? Like we, we can go about mission in a way that says, I'll use my gifts and God, wherever there's a gap, you fill in. Or we can just say, God, could you fill the whole thing? Mm-hmm. You know, and going deeper there, like so relentless, obviously going to the Holy Land, let's, let's go and let's experience everything God has to offer and what the Lord has right in front of us. Let's go as relentlessly into that as we can. Um, was a cool kind of like one-two combo the last couple of weeks. And it was actually eye-opening for me because as you two were gone and um, my leadership just needing to um, just be a little different than it normally is when you guys are here led me to recognize more and more like, Lord, I actually want to be after your heart here, not just my agenda. And so um, when I think relentless, I think that um, I think that this season of mission has um, taught me what that means in a new way. And uh, not in like a flashy way, but in a really consistent way, you know, Mm -hmm. that like relentlessness isn't just, okay, there's a brick wall. I'm going to run through it. Relentless is like, I'm getting a little tired here. Man, I could really ease off here. Man, I could really rely on myself here, Mm -hmm. but pushing through that anyway. Oh yeah. That's rich. I love that. Yeah. Um, 
<clears throat> so the Bible's insane. Uh, and just uh, as I was prepping for our show today on just this uh, relentless spirit and prayer, um, I just like, you just see all throughout the new Testament, a, a call just to run after the Lord in prayer. And I think the, if, if we listen to this episode, if we engage in this episode, I think that at the end of this episode, what I want us to have is a fire in our heart to push in harder into the heart of God that, that there's not, there's like, we're not going to lose when we push in harder to the heart of God. And I just, I want to start the episode with some of our, um, with just some Paul and, and some of the things he's saying in this relentless pursuit of prayer. So to, to the Thessalonians, Paul says, be cheerful, be joyful, no matter what. Pray without ceasing. Thank God, no matter what happens. This is the way God wants those who belong to Christ to live, right? So he wants us to be cheerful no matter what, to pray without ceasing, to thank him no matter what happens, to, to have that, that mindset of, I'm going to pray without ceasing no matter what, right? To the Ephesians, Paul says, pray at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. It says, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication to all the saints. To the Romans, he says, uh, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. To the Colossians, he says, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful Mm -hmm. in it with all thanksgiving, right? And so... When we hear this, this idea of being constant in prayer, be to pray without ceasing, what's that mean to you guys? How have you incorporated that into your own life? Because like prayer without ceasing kind of seems impossible. Like it is physically impossible for me to spend the entire day in adoration, right? Or it's mm-hmm. like, so what does it look like to pray without ceasing, to be constant in prayer, to relentlessly pursue the heart of God? Brad, I want to hear yours first. Yeah. I, <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's hard because it's like a... um. I think it it uh, it requires it requires a lens shift for us. I think because we're never going to understand what it means to be constant in prayer if we think rosary, adoration, and things like that, and that's it. That's obviously awesome and needed in our prayer lives. Yeah, but if it's just a function of things we do, we can never fill our day just with doing prayer things, mm-hmm. right? So it has to be something different. So our lens has to shift. So yes, the rosary can contain within it a disposition of prayer. Adoration, absolutely, a disposition of prayer. But then the question becomes, how can the disposition of prayer be with me all of the time? And I think in my life, I've just been really trying to become more and more aware of the presence of God in every moment. Mm -hmm. And that that sounds like lofty and like feeling-oriented, but I don't mean it that way at all. I really mean like, hey, as I'm going into this meeting, just honestly, in a real way, recognizing, hey, Jesus, you're going into this Damascus meeting with me. Yeah. Hey, Jesus, we're about to record in like, in, in a very, like, um, I would say like layman way like that, like very just like, Lord, I welcome you with me. Yeah. Like, and to be aware of what he's doing while I'm speaking, like when I'm saying things sometimes to people, I'm like, oh, that's coming from a place that I don't want it to come from. Yeah. Lord, teach me about that pull in my heart. Why did I get so defensive there? Or I'm saying something and I'm like, I don't know where that's coming from, but Lord, yeah. if you could add more to that, that'd be great. It's this like constant understanding that his presence is with me and I am far from perfect in it. But if we don't shift our lens to understand prayer as a relationship with his presence, I think that we'll always feel like we're failing at these communities. Why do you think we have to shift that lens? Like why, why, is, it, why is it assumed 
whether it's just is it just for Catholics? I don't know. Maybe it is, or or for or for Christians in general. That like, mm-hmm. yeah, when I say prayer, your default should be reciting this thing that you've memorized. Yeah, because that's yeah, not what, really good. because that's not what the Catechism says. Mm-hmm. I mean, what what is prayer? Hmm. For me, Saint Therese says prayer is a surge of the heart. A simple look toward heaven. It's the cry of recognition and of love, embracing both trial and joy. Yeah. I mean, I I love the rosary. I pray the rosary every day. Yeah. That doesn't I sound like the rosary. rosary to me. Right. That sounds that sounds like yeah. like a deep, intimate relationship. Yeah. Well, the, exactly. Prayer happens within the rosary. Prayer happens yeah, of course. within my time of adoration. Of but course. but again, but but not just constituting the action as the prayer. It's actually the it, there, there's something about the relationship in the action. It's, it's a living relationship. Yeah. So, yeah. so I agree with you completely that we need to shift our lens, but but why do we assume that yeah, the lens should question. be formed broken? Yeah, what do you think, Dan? I think it's a little bit is, um, it's like the way we grew up as Catholics. <laughs> you had, you had like start class in prayer, you know, like stand yeah. up for prayer time. And so like prayer became just something like a, a prayer time and it wasn't, uh, we weren't necessarily taught uh, or it wasn't facilitated for us on how to have a friendship with God. And uh, what does friendship with Jesus look like or what does intimacy with Jesus look like? And so we learned how to say our prayers, not necessarily how to yeah. abide in him. And um, and so that it, and that's where I think the shift, like it, it, as you were talking about a mindset shift, I was thinking, wow, actually the shift that um, it, 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 it almost blows my mind that your inner dialogue could be with someone other than with God. So like, uh, um, like, because my inner dialogue from as far as I can remember is just with God. Like I, mm-hmm. it's, it's just a conversation all day talking back and forth. And, um, it, but I, I've got to recognize that that isn't the inner dialogue with everyone. And I also recognize with myself, sometimes my inner dialogue isn't with him. Right. Mm-hmm. And so like, mm-hmm. it's not like it's all, but for the majority of the day, it's, it's me conversing with him. And I think that, um, I think that's if there's a huge part of pray without ceasing is just that. Like I almost like imagined uh, um, as you were sharing, Brad, like a co-working station. If we all had our computers out and we were just doing our work Mm -hmm, here, mm -hmm. we would just naturally, as a question arises, ask someone. Like we would just, Mm -hmm, we would have mm -hmm. conversation um, amongst Mm -hmm. the work of the day. And um, that's a, that's a great image. Yeah. And that's, it is a good analogy. It's, it's how we work with the Lord throughout the day. So as something comes up, Oh, I'm just talking to him. Yeah. So it may not be that every single moment of my work is directed to him, but it's with him yeah. and, and he's there and the conversation's just normal and natural. Yeah. Well, it's also, I, I'll throw it back to you, Aaron, but like, I think the analogy holds in the work sense of like, um, well, just think about that. You were mentioning us on our computers. I've had days where I'm on my computer looking at my email, but not working. I, I think I've had times when I've been in adoration, but I'm not sure I'm what praying. But like, I guess what, tra- <laughs> yeah. what I'm trying to say is like, if we can see it as a disposition, then we can actually a- assess like yep. the degree to which I was doing the thing. But sometimes my heart's not in that. You know, like I've prayed the rosary before and I w- I've wondered afterwards, like, did I just do the rosary or pray the rosary? Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. like I've been in adoration before and left going, did I just do the sit down in front of the presence thing or did I mm-hmm. pray in adoration? Mm-hmm. And that same thing has happened yeah. in the work sense and a ton of other things. And again, we can get into semantics and someone will probably be like, no, just doing the rosary is a prayer. I- I'm down to submit to that. What I'm trying to say is that if you don't shift your lens to see it as 
awareness of his presence, constant prayer is mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or at at least not helpful. I mean, sure, sure, uh, yeah. I it's good. There's you, you like to try to throw out the baby with the bathwater here, but mm-hmm. the, I mean, the reality is both both are critical. Hundred percent, and I'm sure you guys would echo this as well. But in in my own experience, you know. I see I see seasons in my life where my prayer life has been um, kept afloat through discipline, right? Through a through a disciplined commitment to the liturgy of the hours or to my daily rosary, and like that's what kept me alive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then there have been other seasons where I've where I've gone away from that or entered into a place of like just a beautiful spontaneous sense yeah. of of honoring the Lord's presence. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think when when you don't see those as con- contradicting one another, but you rather see those as like two legs on which we stand, mm-hmm. that we can we can ex- ex- we can express our prayer life from a standpoint mm-hmm. of both discipline mm-hmm. and uh, and spontaneity. Yeah. yeah, in in a way that just it fosters a, a beautiful depth and maturity. Yeah, when it's. It- it's marriage. <laughs> like yeah, sure. in marriage sure. in a hell, like in marriage, the moment you wake up, you're in conversation with your spouse and it's just a natural back and forth. And all during mm-hmm. the day you're in mm-hmm. conversation. Right. And then, but if it was always just unintentional conversation, you would drift apart. And so yeah. there's gotta be times where you have intentional dates or intentional, like connecting moments. Right. And yeah. so like the, 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 the intimacy with the Lord, the mm-hmm. spiritual marriage is this all day, every day, back and forth. You're a part of my day. Yeah. You're a part of my decisions. You're a part of my my heartbeat, my thought process. But I also need to make sure you're, you know, my wife says you can't pray at all times if you don't pray at specific times, right? Yeah. Like yep. you, you can't foster that kind of intimacy mm-hmm. if there's not the time spent with him Good. in intentionality. Agreed. And, and I think you can go to the other side too, right? Like if in your relationship with your spouse, it was always rigid, then you lose adventure. Yeah. Right. If it was just like every single hour of our day is accounted for and we're going to do the exact same thing every day to the nth degree, then it's like, well, there, there's no ability to learn new things or explore new possibilities. Yeah. Right. Like, and that's what you were talking about, Aaron, is that 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 balance um, that we're all kind of like centering around here of of discipline and spontaneity, that just sounds like relationship. Mm-hmm. And I do think there have been times where we've gone too spontaneous and we lose the form that's so beautifully gifted to us, yeah. right? And we can see that in the Protestant Reformation. We can see that in a lot of things. So too, we can get so obsessed with the form that we lose adventure and we just become stoic robots. And the Lord wants us fully alive, which is an integration of yeah. those two things because that's what produces relationship with them, right? Yeah. So yeah, I think spousal like analogies are obviously going to work. Well, and it it is it's it, Lent is a season where, if you will, um, prayer, alms giving, and fasting are encouraged that we 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 increase or we do something more intentional when it comes to prayer, alms giving, and fasting. And I think the intentionality of our prayer can be this mindset of okay, well, how do I incorporate more intentional prayer in my everyday life? And mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. and one of the things I've done. Uh, with like praying without ceasing is to say, okay, what are the things I do every day that I can associate a prayer with so that it becomes more part of my, my, my daily life. Mm -hmm. And so, um, the things, 
you know, the things we do every day, we brush our teeth twice a day. So Mm -hmm. associating. So when I brush my teeth, I naturally pray for my children's purity, right? That was just like, I'm purifying my teeth. I'll pray for my kids' purity. And Mm -hmm. so I pray for their vocation. It's like, it's like built into my day that that's a daily habit now, right? Um, That we, we, we do it naturally when it comes to prayer before meals, right? Like that was, um, but it allows us to say, okay, there are things we do every day, whether it's putting on my, um, my shoes, or whether it's getting dressed in the morning, whether it's in the shower, whether it's brushing my teeth, whatever, when I get in my car, what, how can I associate prayers with these things to actually increase my intentionality of mm-hmm. God is present in this moment and I'm, I'm turning my heart back to him. Do you, have you guys found things that are helpful in that regard? Uh, yeah. I mean, as you were, as you were speaking, I'm, I'm thinking about the various areas that I, I have done the same, um, you know, in times and seasons when I've had a, when I've had a more committed workout routine, mm-hmm. like I love connecting my workouts with prayer mm-hmm. of, of actually like a great, a great way of making sure you're breathing properly is, is, uh, breathing through like the Jesus prayer mm-hmm. or, <laughs> yeah. yeah, um, you know, uh, one of my here at Damascus, one of, or, and in our youth ministry program, one of my favorite ways of doing push-ups was to do our Hail Mary push-ups, right? Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, just silly things that, yeah, roots it roots everything in the reality that, like, mm-hmm. why do I think that God gets bored and walks away when I start a workout? Yeah, 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 or, right, yeah, or that he's or that he's not interested when I when I am driving to school mm-hmm. uh, or driving driving to work. You know the those those times are a great invitation to to enter into conversation and relationship. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I think the the initial thing that came to my mind when you asked was the Jesus prayer. It's it's been a huge part of my life for, I mean, probably uh, as long as I've been at Damascus. Like I I first learned about it early in my like uh, college years, and then just kind of was like, that's a neat thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And then when I got to Damascus, I was recognizing these pockets in my day where I was thinking about nothingness, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, all of a sudden I was like, I could actually fill this gap. And then all of a sudden it became more automatic. And now when I have gaps where I'm like moving from a, a meeting to a meeting, I'll be praying the Jesus prayer without even really mm-hmm. knowing that I'm doing it. But I'll, I'll recognize, whoa, I'm, I'm like connected to the Lord right now. And it's because, and if someone's listening who doesn't know it, it's really simple. You're just, when you breathe in, it's Jesus Christ, son of the living God. And when you breathe out, you say, have mercy on me, a sinner. And it's just a, it's just, it, it just like ingrained yeah. like that. And, and it has like blessed me so much because it's simple. Yeah. It, I'm not searching for the perfect words to write the perfect, um, art, I don't know, articulation of my heart in the moment. It's just a simple, Jesus, you're here. You're the Lord. You save me. Be yeah. with me. You know, it's just a simple invitation. So Jesus prayer has been huge for me. I've gotten more disciplined in it over time because I think it's one of those things where when you start it, you just keep yep. trying to find pockets where it fits. I was talking to a teacher who <clears throat> they just made the the shift to before I get out of my car and go into the school, I'm going to like say a, uh, a regular prayer to prepare me for a missional day. And she was like, it's totally transformed the way I interact with everyone in the school. And it's just because there was the hat, there was, there wasn't the habit of intentional um, prayer prior to her mission as a teacher. And when she started to include that intentional prayer every day before missional activity, she entered into the mission better. And then mm-hmm. even like getting home from, um, from work and I don't do this every day, but the days that I sit in my car before I go in the house and just pray like, Lord, like 
help me engage with my kids, help yeah. me love my wife, help me um, not check out, but to like dive in, right? It like actually increases your ability to go yeah. on mission more effectively because you've reoriented your mind and your heart towards the Lord in that mission. Encounter leads to mission. Encounter right? leads to it mission. Does, yeah, though. no, it really does. Yeah. That like being in persistent and relentless prayer opens my eyes to mission because I'm slowing myself down to not just get to the next thing, but to be in the presence of yeah. God. And of course, he's going to highlight things that matter and allow me to be more present to the things that he wants. Yeah, I think that's great. And so I think my, my first main encouragement for our Lent uh, in prayer would be that we just, well, let's be more intentional on what are the aspects of our day that we can incorporate the Lord more. Um, mm -hmm. Whether that is um, something silly, like when you're brushing your teeth or working out or when you go to work or get home from work, uh, or if it's just following the church's calendar throughout the day, right? That yeah. like, um, we've got the Angelus and mm -hmm. we have the three o'clock hour of mercy that we can actually literally turn to the Lord. We have the, uh, you know, the liturgy of the hours that we can turn to the Lord at specific times throughout the day to give him more recognition. Can I offer um, a practical yeah. note there too? Uh, Pay attention to the times during your day where you are tempted to turn to something else mm -hmm. and see that as a great opportunity to shift. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I, I've mentioned it on the show a hundred times and I'll, I'll probably continue to do so. But like one of my biggest self indicators is when I, when I notice myself gravitating toward a habit. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's part of my nature of not. Mm -hmm. I, I desire to be unpredictable, right? When I when I start <laughs> yeah. being able to predict my mm -hmm. habits and inclinations, that's a sign to me that okay, something's something's wrong because I've given up control to my cell phone. Yeah, right. You know, if if your routine every morning is to get out of bed and you instantaneously reach for your emails, like yeah. maybe your email shouldn't be the first thing on your mind in the morning. Yep. Mm -hmm. Or or that yeah, while I'm brushing my teeth, I'm checking up on the news app like yeah how much how much joy how much peace is that actually bringing into your life mm -hmm. and might that be an opportunity to give mm -hmm. to the lord instead yeah yeah that's really good and uh and then how do you build a reminder for yourself so you know like i've heard of people when they're trying to think of the lord first thing when they wake up they mm -hmm. uh put a like a, a rock or something at the base of their bed so as soon as they stand up they hit something right and that <laughs> that triggers terrible. like turn my <laughs> yeah but it's 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 they're trying to train their brain yeah, for sure uh, and yeah. and then you don't need it anymore yeah when i mean an easier way is okay i want to pray when i get in my car so i'm going to put a picture sure. of jesus or mary in my car so that i see it but then after a while you stop seeing it, right? Yeah, so, sure. Um, but hopefully you that the, the change of pace has reoriented your mind yeah. to get you where it wants well, to be. Well, yeah, it's it's not and it's not a hard move. It's just that we have to desire it because the relationship's worth it. Right. Yeah. Like it's not a hard move to take what in my life is automatic and make it intentional. Yeah. It's just not a hard move yeah. because we have all kinds of automatic things in our lives. I would say even starting with like mass, right? Like when we go into the Our Father, that might be an automatic response for you. Mm -hmm. Making that intentional is not hard, but it takes you doing it, yeah, right? it takes effort. Exactly. Or the creed, right? Like that might become automatic to us. Mm -hmm. To make it intentional again is not hard. It's just a matter of doing it. I would say the same thing when you enter your car or something. You're probably listening to podcasts or a radio show, or you're thinking about your own day. Like yep. those are probably your automatic responses to change that to an intentional, like actually... If I'm going to listen to something, I'm going to listen to something that's going to further my understanding of the God who loves me. 
that's not a that's not a hard adjustment. It just takes me saying, I actually want to do that because the result of relationship is worth it, right? Yeah. And I do think sometimes we have to be honest with ourselves that like it's actually it's actually just a, I don't want to call it a laziness, but sometimes it's just a I have gotten into this automatic thing and I'm choosing not to do the intentional thing. But then when we see that, start plugging in one at a time. You don't have to correct it all in one fell swoop, but one at a time, and then eventually you'll have a more robust prayer life. Yeah. So I think the to sum this up, the the biggest relentless component I would love is that, man, I my day is not satisfied unless literally Jesus is the living water of my day. And that we would have this relentless desire and pursuit to incorporate him into our day, uh, whether that's a heart shift, a mind shift, whatever it is, to get to that place that there's a living relationship, not just at specific times, but at all times with the Lord. And I think um, that that's naturally, important, though, not just at specific times. Yeah, yeah. Earlier, you were like, "Yeah, we definitely need we need specific, both and, but not just. It's yep. not sufficient. Yeah. yeah, and it's not sufficient just to be spontaneous, spontaneous and all the time. All exactly. Yeah. Right. Uh, um, and then I think the second one flows forth naturally from this, and this is a relentless persistence in the, our prayer intentions, that the things we're going after with the Lord, that we would be relentless, that the Lord is going to pour this stuff out. The Lord is going to be come to our aid and we're going to have persistence in that, right? I, I think of um, John where he says that uh, abide in me, Jesus says abide in me, right? And, um, and that he who abides in me will bear much fruit. And I love as he's speaking about abiding in him, right? And that's, I think that Abiding in him is that all day, every day consistency of intimacy and relationship that I abide in you, Lord, right? And I love, he says, um, whatever you ask in my name, I will give you. Uh, it's, It's this promise that if you abide in me, he says, if you abide in me, whatever you ask in my name, I will give you. So there's this, uh, I, I may not know what's like, I may be asking him of a lot of things. I, this, this verse comes to me a lot when I'm talking to parents whose children have left the faith. Their, their hearts are clearly broken, right? Because their kids are no longer practicing the faith. And I'm like, listen, the Lord says, if you abide in him, if you rest in him, if you dwell within him, if you have the intimacy with him, whatever you ask in, in, in his name, he will give you. And that there's this uh, it's it's a conditional clause, right? Rest in me, abide in me, and I will answer your prayers. And that 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 abiding, that praying without ceasing, that all day, it almost naturally lends itself to faithfulness. That yeah, in my persistence, I'm not going to let go. That I'm going to be relentless in the fact that when I ask something of you, Lord, you're going to deliver it to me. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I think that like. If we, if we really believe that the father is good, then as sons and daughters, it is a requirement that every day we speak to him what we want, right? Mm-hmm. Because he's a good father who wants to hear what his children want, right? And so like, I think sometimes we can lose steam because it's like we've asked for what we've wanted for like years and it hasn't come about. Yeah. But here's the, the cool thing is if he's a good father and we are every day telling him what we want, what we can be sure of is he's giving us what we need. And sometimes what we need is what we want. And sometimes what we need isn't yet what we want. And, and the Lord in his infinite goodness is able to take what we want and give us exactly what we need and be with us the whole way. It's the only way not to forfeit his goodness. And so I don't want to stop asking him for what I want because that's the moment that I'm forfeiting that his goodness wants to hear that. Well, of course he wants to hear that. But I think sometimes we can get um, tired of asking 
because we get tired of giving input without the output we expect. But if we can constantly cling to his goodness, then what I can know is you hear every word of my desire and you give me everything I need because you're my daily bread, right? You're my daily bread. So I am required as a son of a good father to mention every day what I want. And you as a good father, I know will always give me what I need. Mm-hmm. You know, there's something there that like really yeah. allows us to stay in it with him and not give up on ourselves because we're not being faithful enough or whatever. And it also helps us not give up on him because we would either have to, I don't know, criticize our own faithfulness or criticize his goodness. And I, I don't think either is necessary if we're persisting in our ask, you know? Is it our, is it our prayers that need more rightly oriented there? Uh, or is it our expectation or our understanding of what we need? Mm-hmm. I'm just like, mm-hmm. I hear that and I, yeah. I preach that yeah. and I believe that, but that is difficult when it doesn't line up. It is, yeah. What do you mean? You know, um, if, if I am persistently, relentlessly pursuing some intercession of the conversion of my family, like you suggested, but I'm not seeing that, that fruit, like, uh, how, how does that line up with the goodness of God? Mm-hmm. that yes, I'm going to continue to relentlessly pursue this. I'm going to continue to stay engaged, but I'm not actually seeing the transformation that I'm praying for. I, it, it's this weird paradox that we're, we're called to both ask and um, act like the prayer's already been given, uh, answered. So it's mm-hmm. like, on the one hand, I think we're called to be very persistent and crying out, crying out, crying out, crying out, crying out, cry, mm-hmm. day after day, day, after, day, day. after day, right? This persistence, and yet, our heart should have peace that, well, Lord, you said, ask and I shall receive. So I'm going to receive. So I'm mm-hmm. going to be, I am going to turn to you in persistence. I'm going to be relentless in my prayer to you. And yet I can have peace of heart that you're going to come through. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it is a, a weird paradox uh, because there is, the, the urgency and the persistence is like active, 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 active. Yeah. But the heart can actually have so much peace still that, oh, but you're a good God. And so I don't know. I think the it's going back to when you're not seeing the fruit to to know that um, the 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 fruit is going to come way beyond mm-hmm. the way beyond my standards, and that um, like if mm-hmm. I'm if I'm praying for the conversion of my family, uh, I may taste death before I see the conversion of my family. That's mm-hmm. not my prerogative to decide when my family converts, but if the Lord is promising mm-hmm. that he's going to fulfill something, then he's going to fulfill it. Yeah. Whether I'm alive, whether uh, at the, it's at the very moment of their death, but I, I'm very confident that the Lord is like, yeah, I'm going to give it to you. Yeah. It's almost in the mystery that he gives us that peace. Because if I, if I like had to somehow really do it perfectly so it could happen right now, I would be anxious all the time. Yeah, exactly. But actually in the mystery of his goodness, I just know that when I give it into his hands, the best outcome will come. The best outcome will come to the degree to which whoever the outcome is contingent on submits to him, of course, because he's not going to force, right? Yet at the same time, like he's 100% going to have that in his hand. And I no longer have to cling to it and consider myself the savior of that circumstance because it's in the hand of someone who's good. And it's mysterious how he's going to work that out, but it's better to leave that in mystery than anxiety in me. And I do, I do think that if we can get there as, as a church where we're not doubting his ability to do it right now, like at, at all, like I have faith every moment, every time I ask him for something I want, 
I presume right now, because he could, like he because he could. And then again, and I've gone back to this like on multiple episodes, but also at the same time, if it doesn't happen right now, it's only going to be better later. So I'll keep asking because that, that that's the only way to not take ourselves out of his goodness. Now that doesn't mean in seasons we can't sit with him and go, I can't see your goodness here. But he wants to hear that. It's like, I, Lord, I've, I've asked for this one for five years and I haven't seen you come through. And it makes me wonder to what degree you're hearing me, right? He always answers those prayers though. Like he always wants to come in and like provide. It's just about, I think, uh, a control thing for us sometimes. We want to control what we need instead of just asking for what we want. Yeah. You know? How would you answer your own question? I, I, I find for me that when, when, I keep my, when I keep my focus set on the results, uh, I, I, tend to, I tend to miss the, the big picture. Right, I, I think that maybe maybe an appropriate response in those times, maybe the most appropriate response would just be like, "Hey, God, I, I don't I don't understand you, but I love you." Like, yeah. I, when when we try to when we try to, it'd be nice if God's action fit into a neat little box. And I think that the tendency can be oftentimes that when that neat little box doesn't work, that I I will I will. Uh, be fine to resign myself to redefining a larger box. A larger box, right? Where okay, well, God, you you clearly didn't want that thing for me, but but that's just because you have this other thing for me hidden behind the corner, and mm-hmm. I yeah. and I know that you've got this figured out. And I, I think that 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 can be a a losing battle, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Where where the reality is, like the thing that he wants, um, first and foremost, is just that we're we're living like that we're in we're in love with each other, that we're in friendship, that we're yeah. walking through this together. You know, yeah. whether that means that today we're celebrating victory together or that means that today we're, we're sharing pain together. Yeah. Yeah. It, the, the key is, is doing it together. Yeah. I love that. I love, uh, Luke 18 verse one, it says, uh, Jesus told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. I, I actually just like, so this parable, it, it, I mean, hmm. Luke is telling us the reason Jesus told us this parable, right? Is so that we wouldn't lose heart so that we would just like, because he knows yeah. that we're going to pray and we're going to lose heart. It's going to, it's a natural tendency that when I am relentless in a prayer intention, that's not being fulfilled, hmm. there's a temptation in me to lose heart yeah. and, um, or other translations say to not grow weary. Mm-hmm. And I think that the, um, what, the confidence the Lord's asking us to have in our prayer is that we wouldn't lose heart and that we wouldn't grow weary. And mm-hmm. I think that's the key to relentless prayer is that it's, I may not understand the mysteries of God. I may not know the, understand the timing of God, but the Lord doesn't want us to grow weary. He doesn't want us to, to, to lose heart. And then he says, then Jesus told his disciples um, this parable. He said, in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. So there's this 
Jesus is giving this parable of this persistent widow to say, hey, listen, like, um, you're not going to lose, like, there's, God's heart is going to hear your cry and your persistence is effective. Like, don't, right. don't lose that. God himself is saying your persistence is bearing some kind of fruit, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't, honestly, that doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make, a, it, it's slightly a mystery as to why I have to be persistent with God. Why can't I just say, God, here's a prayer. It's one and done. And he mm-hmm. keeps it in the deposit of his grace to say, yep, I've locked that in. I'm going to give it to you. But here he's saying, no, the way not to lose heart, the way not to grow weary is that your persistence is actually important and it yeah. does change something. And yeah. I, that, that kind of boggles my mind that the persistence makes it an impact, yeah. right? Yeah. You, you think about just the persistence in our own humanity. Like if someone calls you, mm-hmm. um, and you don't answer the call, they leave a voicemail. And then the next day they call you again, they leave another voicemail. And then the next day they yeah. call you again. After a few days, you're like, oh my gosh, I feel so guilty that I haven't called this person back yet. Yeah, yeah. The more persistent they are in calling you, you're going to call them back. Yeah. And there's, it, it's, it's interesting that God says that actually matters in this equation. Uh, because when God is faithful, it almost seems like, well, why does it matter? But he says mm-hmm. it does. Well, there's something about it that changes you. Because if, if God's infinitely good, my persistence isn't affecting his goodness. He's not changing from like good to more than good to more than more than good. But because, here the judge is. So, so the judge is actually yeah. changing his answer. His answer. But I would, I would say in that same parable, the judge doesn't change his disposition. Now that judge doesn't have the same disposition yeah. as God, obviously. It says that he doesn't fear yeah. God. But like what I'm trying to say there is sometimes... It's actually in our consistency, our relentless prayer, that we are beginning to change, that I'm starting to trust more, surrender more, be less self-reliant. I, there's all these things happening in me that are, that are like actually bringing me back to the Lord constantly. And he, and he knows that in that persistence, I'm going to be conformed more and more to be like him. And if he would have given me the answer right away or been like, hey, just ask me once and then it's all over, I would have never been able to actually steward the answer to that prayer later. Like, like because that's his perspective. Like, he, yep. he's not just, he's not a vending machine. It's not like input, output. It's, yep. it's like, well, it's the Cain and Abel thing. It's like, where's your heart at when you give me this gift? Where's your heart at? Yep. Like, how can I conform you more to be like me? How can I give you something that won't crush you, but that you can carry out? Like, He's seeing all of that at the same time. And of course we can't see that. So when I ask for five, 10, 20 years, sometimes we're so transfixed on the fact I haven't gotten that result. I've missed the 20 years of growth I've had. It's like, that might've been the fruit. But Mm -hmm. when I'm so transfixed on, you didn't answer this prayer. You didn't answer this prayer. You didn't answer this prayer. And I stop asking. I've forgotten about all the other things he is doing. And what he is doing will lead unto like his, his works, right? Now there is mystery in that. But it's not so mysterious that we can't get our like like mind around it a little bit. Like I, I think about it with kids all the time. Like I I've watched you guys as parents in very good ways. When your kids ask for something, like actually teach them that actually right now is not the appropriate time for that. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean that I don't want you to have it. Right now mm-hmm. is not the appropriate time. Mm-hmm. And then they'll come back and ask again. And once again, it's a correction of like, hey, actually, it's still not yet the appropriate time, right? And then there comes a time, and yeah, in our human reality, maybe it's later that day yeah. or whatever. But it could be their 100th time asking. Yeah. And that time, because of the disposition of where they're at in their life and in that moment, you bring it forward to them. 
not because you were withholding to be like, you were actually doing it so they could receive it well, so they could be in a place so that you could be present to them in a new way. Of course, like God's the same. I think there's a lot of prayers I've prayed that I wasn't willing to walk in the consequences of those prayers. And the, mm. it's, it's good that mm. it required persistence because if that prayer was answered in that moment, mm. I, wasn't, I, I wasn't able to, willing to, wanting to, or called to walk in that, you know, like mm. I think of some big ones, right? Like, like sometimes in a moment of prayer, we get this radical spirit of desire mm. that says, I want this Lord. <laughs> And the Lord is almost waiting, like, are you willing to walk in the consequence of, 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 of me answering that? Um, yeah. I, I heard once that the reason the Lord hasn't uh, answered the prayer of, to end abortion in America is because Christians aren't ready to walk in the consequences of that. Like, mm-hmm. is the Christian church ready to adopt the number of children that... Um, yeah it would require us to adopt. And yeah, yeah. there's this almost like we can cry without cry out to God without realizing, okay, there's, there's, and the persistence of that prayer, it does, as you're saying, it changes our heart to get ready to walk in it yeah, once it's right. given. That's right. Um, which is rich. Mm-hmm. It's gotta be a both and too, right? So, mm-hmm. so yes, that's true that it changes you. Yeah. Don't, don't miss that. Yeah. Right. Don't miss that. And yes, it's true that, that, that maybe God's waiting for us to, uh, waiting for us to be ready to steward whatever it is, yeah. um, and that and that that persistence is is indicative of this disposition. Mm-hmm. But I think it's also true that like this is fundamentally a mystery. Like yeah. what we're ta- what we're trying to wrap our head around right now is mm-hmm. living relationship with an infinite being. <laughs> yes. So uh, yeah, there, sure. There's there's not sure. a whole lot of this that we can that we can bundle up and package and mm-hmm. and completely explain. Yep. So. Yeah, it's it's very evident from scripture that that at least as we interpret God's will, that He shifts it when we intercede. Yeah, yeah. Um, that that something changes when we pray. Yeah, and to try to to try to explain that away, I think becomes difficult. The the mm-hmm. important thing is to realize that this is not an invitation to build a theology. It's an invitation to do it. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So so if if we're giving up in our prayer. Like that's problematic. Why? Because because we're we're ultimately we're, we're missing the invitation to this to this yeah commissioning of the Lord that like hey do this thing yep mm-hmm. um we you know we 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 like to apply the same the the same mode of understanding across the, across the board whether it's healing whether it's prophecy you know you don't you don't have to see success every day but be persistent dang it yeah, yeah. yes yeah well because they like. Be, or, or else you're forfeiting what you were made for. Yeah. Like you, like you're forfeiting, like that is, that is the greatest part of life. The greatest part of life is relationship with God. It's the greatest part of life. And the degree to which I am like in relentless prayer and intercession and, and prophetic um, awareness, the, the greater I'm in that reality of what I was made for, you know? And like, and I don't want to forfeit that. I don't want to forfeit that in my own personal intercession. I don't want to forfeit that in mission. Like uh, my life becomes boring fast when it's not in constant relationship with me. Yeah. Well, and that's where I think to summarize what you're both saying is I think we, yes, persistent, relentless prayer changes us, but it it also to the extent that God can change, right? Uh, it changes Him, right? That and that, that's what the parables are saying. It changes the outcomes, uh, and mm-hmm. that this persistence actually the judge 
changed his verdict, right? There was a, there was a change of uh, the, and you see that, I mean, God does it in Exodus um, where after the golden calf is built, he's ready to destroy once again, the Israelite people and Moses prays and God's wrath goes down and Mm -hmm. he changes what he's going to do. Right. And that there's power in that. This also, I mean, this comes from Luke 11. It says, Mm -hmm. and he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend whom he, uh, who goes out at midnight and says, friend, lend me three loaves of bread for a friend of mine who has arrived at my house from a journey and I have nothing to offer him. And he says to reply, he says in reply from within, do not bother me. The door has already been locked. My children and I are already in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, if he does not get up and give him the loaves because of their friendship, he will get up and give him whatever he needs because of persistence. So this person at midnight, super inconvenient time. The person is asking for bread because his friend has come to his house and he needs Mm -hmm. to feed him. And the person says no. And it says that he asked three times that there's this persistence that changes the the person's the friend's mind to give him what he needs. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, as you said, Aaron, it is this weird mystery because God is unchanging and He has divine foreknowledge of everything. But the, our persistence and our relentlessness is necessary to the equation. Yeah, to the extent that God is asking us to do it. Yeah. Well, the same thing with intercession for the saints. Uh, will the two be saints that are in purgatory now? Right. Like. When, when we're interceding for the souls in purgatory, that they would become saints, that they would see the full vision of what heaven's going to bring, our prayers change their reality, mm-hmm. like, which is powerful. I think what I would say, even in that persistence though, so that we can hold that, like God, yes, like his, the results of his answer change, he doesn't change in the degree. What, what I'm trying to say in it is that like, it's really beautiful if we can, if we can just try to like, just stay, we can't get all the way there, but like, the person that's being persistent asking three times, what that's telling the person in the bed is, I really want this and yep. I'm ready for it. It's not just whimsical. I'm not yep. just asking for anything. I'm not just knocking every door. I'm at your door yep. and I know you have the bread mm-hmm. and I'm ready to receive it and I'll stay here until you give it to me. It's yep. a change of that person yep. like, or, or a manifestation of who that person is. Yep. It, and that's what shifts the heart of the person in the bed. It's not like, their relationship didn't change. Mm-hmm. It was just like, you're still at the door. You really do want this. You, you need this right yeah. now to be able to take that step. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to submit to that. You're not going to go knock 16 other doors and, and then come back and be like, I didn't really get what I was looking yeah. for. It's like, you said it again and again, because you knew where to find it, right? Yeah. And I will like, reward that. Yeah. honor that. Like there, there is something really beautiful there. Absolutely. That's the heart of God for us. Yeah. It's, it's your, you, when you stay with me, everything will come from that. Well, then that's the abiding, just yes, total exactly. dependency. Like I'm in you and you're the only thing that can provide yes. in this scenario. Yes. And it's, yeah. it's really beautiful. It really is. And I, I, I yeah, I relentless prayer. To close, could we maybe share the fruit in our own life of resent, re, relentless prayer. So something that you went after the Lord for a while, begging and begging and begging, and you saw that manifested fruit in your life. That's good. Um, I like the way you phrased that. You saw the manifestation of fruit in your life. Uh, I, you know, as we look at practicals, here at Damascus, we've seen a lot of ways that our prayers have been answered far beyond expectation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, those are beautiful stories to tell. I think where, where my heart is inclined is, is actually kind of going back to where we were at the beginning. 
of recognizing that persistence in prayer has has changed me like that um when, when i look and I, i've you know as as our family for example has been interceding for a, for a house over the last 2 years 3 years i i i look and i see what started in anxiety um the, the practical components of this haven't shifted mm-hmm. i have not seen the fruit that i desire but what i have seen is a is a complete transformation in my own peace mm-hmm. and uh and and that that abiding relationship with the lord that uh like i'm just a healthier person i'm a more integrated and, and more whole person because of that recurring and consistent engagement in in relationship yeah right and at the end of the day that's really good fruit mm-hmm. um i continue to hope for, yeah. for other fruit yeah but like there's a there's a transformation that happens when you when you're consistently and steadfastly committed to yeah lord this this stinks this battle's hard yeah this uh this cancer's hard mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. um trial is hard yes. this class is hard mm-hmm. but but the fact that i'm staying in relationship with you like this yes. this is going to teach me something yes that we're going to get out the other end of this in a place of maturity and and integration yeah and then i'll be able to show you to others differently because i now know you differently there's yeah. something in that that's so profound it 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 brings us into like holy who we were meant to be, you know, as soon as you said that, Aaron, so, uh, you're, you're like, um, your journey with the Lord to find a house. So that's been something that Nina and I have had on our prayer intention board. I've spoken about that on the podcast before, but, um, my wife, Nina and I, we have in our prayer room, a cork board that has sticky notes on it. And the sticky notes are just intercessions that have been asked of us or that we have on our hearts week to week. We look at it every week. At the end of the week, we sit down with all the ones that are up there. We take off the ones that have been answered as the Lord, um, as as we ask the Lord to answer them. So we would put that in a certain pile. In a different pile, we we take ones off that didn't end like we wanted them to because we can actually live in that mystery with him. So it's like, hey, that was on there. We were interceding for it. That didn't happen the way we wanted it to. So that goes in a, a stack. And then the ones that were answered how we wanted it to in a stack. And then the ones that have not yet been answered. So like your guy's house journey. It's just remained up there. What's, what's amazing though, is that like recently the Lord like has on a number of occasions shown me that things that were in the not answered as we desired get moved into the answered as we desired pile. Like, Mm -hmm. cause in the moment, like at the end of that week, it's like, well, this is clearly like not, not in the cards right now. And then all of a sudden it's like a year later and I'm like, wait, remember when we were praying for that? And like, I'll find it and move it into the like, and you just get into this faithfulness of God. Like, I'm not going to explain away the mystery. Because I think sometimes we can be like, those ones he doesn't answer, let's just burn those because then we have to sacrifice his faithfulness. It's like, that's not true. That's not true at all. Yeah. Or those ones he is answering, well, you know, like if we make a big deal out of those, we'll have to remember the ones he didn't. It's like, no, like I'm totally cool with giving God control because he's better in the control seat than I am. And, and like, that has been huge. Like I literally this week had one of the most profound ones, a, a, a brother that's just dear to me who had a really difficult season. And I haven't been able to spend time with him in a long time. And we reconnected and sitting down with him and seeing the fruit over the season. Like I came home and I remember like talking to me and I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm going to go take that out of that pile. Yeah. And like, it, it's now at the top of the faith of, of like the faithful answered yeah. pile. And it's yeah. like, 
oh, I was despairing. I really was in a real way despairing that this, like, I don't have control here. And now out of that and on to this. And now not all of them have moved. But again, I'm not going to explain away the mystery. I'm just going to live in in, an offering. Yeah, you know? that's awesome. Yeah, it's I really good. So good. Well, I think too, just the, as, as we are persistent in prayer, the Lord increases our capacity for more. So I think the, you know, the, um, it's amazing how many people now that we have a, a large summer camp, how many people come to me, husbands and wives who are like, oh, we've always wanted a summer camp. And, um, and not to, not to negate their desires or their passions, but just, it's almost like the, um, the, so the farmer who looks at his field and prays the Lord to the Lord for a great harvest, but doesn't till the field and plant the seed mm-hmm. is not going to get a great harvest, right? And I think there's a matter of, I'm, I'm going, Lord, I'm going to ask of you a great harvest and I'm going to work for a great harvest. And I think the, the crying out for the, for the great harvest and the putting in the time for the great harvest is so important um, because it's the both and. And what I've noticed is, in the areas of my life that consistently from when I first came to the Lord and started uh, mission for the Lord, those, those, those prayers of crying out and working hard from 18 to 28, the Lord has Good. surpassed yeah. all of my prayers and, and all of the cry, right? And now because of that, my capacity for the harvest is even greater. Yeah. So now from 28 to 38, there's been different kinds of desires that I'm crying out to the Lord in the same vein, but I'm still looking at the field. And I'm like, Lord, I'm going to mm-hmm. continue to work and to, to labor because I believe you're bringing a greater harvest yeah. because I've seen the harvest you brought in the past. Now you're bringing a greater one. But I know that it, it's, it's a, this, this, the harvest, it, it requires two things. It requires me putting in my work and it requires the elements, the rain to come. And, and, and I think our persistent, relentless prayer is that, that I'm going to put in the work day after day. And I'm going to live like God is answering this prayer. But I know that I need the rain to come and yeah, to bless sure. us. And, um, and I've, I mean, just with everything we've seen at Damascus, everything we've seen in our, in our ministry, that it's mm-hmm. this now that it's like, okay, from 18 to 28, I saw this. From 28 to 38, I, I prayed for this and I saw this. And now the, the equation becomes even different from 38 to 48, right? That the, I've got bigger expectations of the harvest that God can bring because I'm seeing just how powerful He is. That's and, right. Um, and so the prayers have remained the same over the 20 years, but the expectation has increased. Yeah. Well, even yeah. think about if... Uh... If I can play with your analogy, if if the rain comes and you haven't prepared the field, then you just have a muddy mess. Yeah. And so, of course, the Lord's not going to bring a muddy mess because that'll take you longer to get a harvest out of the field. Like yeah. he, he's always, he's always, he's perfect. He brings fruit in due season. That's an amazing word from the Psalms. In due season. So when when it when it's due, he'll bring it so that because he's never going to build a skyscraper on a faulty foundation. Yep. Like because he doesn't want it to crumble, of course. Yeah, he doesn't stupid. want it to crush us. <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't want that, right? Yeah. He wants he wants both and and he's going to be perfect in his timing whether we can see it now or not. That's awesome. Uh thank you so much for joining us for this conversation. I think if uh I were to wrap it up, we talked about two different kinds of relentless prayer during this Lenten season. Let's be relentless and praying at all times by being intentional in specific times. And let's be relentless 
and that heart of the things we've been asking for God to just never give up and to keep going after his heart, knowing that the abundant uh, harvest is coming in, mm-hmm. in due time. Uh, Aaron, do you want to close us in prayer today? Yeah. yeah. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Uh, Lord Jesus, we trust you. We love you. And we want to live in relationship with you. Yeah. Teach us to pray uh, in a way that, that fosters connection. Lord, teach us about ourselves. And I pray that even in the course of today's conversation, Lord, that, that you would move our hearts to be more receptive to you. I pray that this show would not just be something that we mm-hmm. do for the sake of filling an hour in, on YouTube, but Lord, that this would be something that, that really pierces the hearts of those who are listening so that we can be grown in our, in our relationship. Lord, that we could be, be brought closer to you. We're praying for you. And Jesus, we pray that you'd bless this community in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of Father, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. So often we can listen to podcasts and then just move on to the next thing. I want to, before you move on, I want to encourage you uh, to do two things. Number one, write down the intentional ways you want to increase prayer throughout your day, whether that's praying before you get out of the car and going into your family, but write down what's my plan, right? And then secondly, maybe make a list of five or 10 intercessions that you want to go after the Lord day after day in persistence. And so if you haven't been intentional with that list, write them down so that you know, these are the things I'm going to bring to the Lord every single day and then start bringing them to him every day. If this podcast has blessed you, we want you to like, share, comment. Uh, Most importantly, we just want you to continue listening and share with others the importance of diving into faith formation. So if this is helping you and your faith formation, encourage others uh, to grow in their faith formation. Thanks so much for listening to Beyond Damascus. We'll see you next week.